Dawn and Steve, welcome. Dr. Kathy Cook from Celebrate Kids. Got a question about parenting? Get those questions in right now. 800-555-7898. Love it when we can have these interactive conversations. It's not just us in the studio and our guest. You're welcome to text that number, call that number, 800-555-7898. Dr. Kathy, you have so much insight into helping us parent our kids and and give them some some real good direction teaching moments but i want to go and look at something that you wrote it's it's a post that you put up in november i know it seems like a long time ago but it it really was just a couple of months ago and you talked about us battling anxiety for our kids is that mm. even possible that we can kind of stand in the gap and if so or if not how can we help our kiddos with anxiety yeah, thanks for having me back on the show, everybody. Glad to be here. And let's start out with something really easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> Anxiety. yeah. Well, I think parents can be supportive. Parents can be helpful. Parents can provide boundaries that are formed because of love that can decrease anxiety. And yet I would have to say that it really is on the child to uh, step up to the plate and do his or her own work. So yes, and yes, parents can be helpful. Parents can be aware. Parents can make sure to be available to their kids to have really good conversations. And yet they also have to work with the kid to be able to step up and do what they need to do. So if we have a kid who does deal with anxiety and we have gotten into the habit or the pattern of always being there and just trying to diffuse anxiety and trying to say, you're okay, you're okay. Um, and we see that that just turns into this kind of cyclical pattern of, anxiety is expressed by kid mom and dad try and calm them down and that is the the pattern we're in what does it look like for the child then to do the work that you're talking about kathy so we can break out of that pattern yeah great question steve we need to let the children ask questions that they have you know steve it's so legit for a parent to say you've got this i trust you you can do it but if the kid doesn't think he can do it because he thinks that we don't understand what their school or their youth group is like or their place of work, then we're not really helping them at all. So maybe we step back and start with, talk to me, you know, help me understand what's going on. Because as I've often said, there's a difference between being anxious and having anxiety. There's a difference between um, a difficult relationship and being bullied. So we need to, you know, Steve, how do we present ourselves as ready to hear without judgment from our children so that we can help them then process what's going on and then, um, yeah, we we help them. Um, how could I help you call that that teacher and talk with him about the way he's treating you? Could I help? Do you want to invite that friend over for a, a party on Saturday, like just to watch a movie together Friday night? And would that help in your relationship? So maybe we make ourselves available in some ways, but um, we can't always do it for them, right? Yeah, that's a that's a teachable moment right there is yeah. to be able to enter in to those conversations. And Dr. Kathy, as I hear you talk about equipping our children so that they can become resilient kids. I know you've talked about that quite a bit. You even have a book, a resource to that end, raising resilient kids. It uh -huh. it's uh it's interesting that those are skill sets that if we teach our children, they're gonna carry those all the way through adulthood because oftentimes we'll find ourselves bottling things up and Maybe those anxious moments are coming out because we have forgotten how to use our words. And so it's a skill set that you're teaching kids and they're going to carry. That is one of those things they're going to carry with them their entire life. So it's really important. 
It is very important. And that reminds me, John, that we can learn together. You know, there probably are adults, I'm sure there are adults listening who wish they were more resilient and more, you know, positive in their optimistic view of the world or whatever. So we can work as a family to, you know, choose optimism, to choose other centeredness, to choose to be brave. And we can come home and at the dinner table, we can ask everybody, how were you brave today? And listen to the mom and the dad. And so the kids as well, right? Yeah. Well, maybe you have a question or comment this morning as we continue the conversation with Dr. Kathy Cook. Feel free to call or text 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. And Kathy, as you know, you and Don have already begun to uh, walk down this road of teachable moments, looking for these opportunities to really equip and train up our kids so that they can learn to function on their own in this world. Um, what, as you think about teachable moments, what are maybe one of the very first things that you would encourage parents to be aware of, to be looking for, if they want to maybe begin to take advantage of those opportunities more frequently when they present themselves? You know, I think we need to look for patterns. You know, if there's one incidence of bullying, you know, we can, we can pray that off, if you will. If there's a pattern of impatience, a pattern of bullying, a pattern of despair, a pattern of cheating a pattern of, I don't want to go to school, listen for the pattern, watch for the pattern, and then have a conversation about that. That's a teachable moment waiting to be discovered. And we can do that with questions, with answers, with observations, like I said. So, um, you know, it's not a one and done. Like kids will do one thing off, right? They'll have one bad day. We all have a bad day every once in a while. Let's just admit that. And that's okay. But if there's a pattern of defeat or a pattern of despair, then I think we need to enter in and have really good conversations about that. Dr. Kathy Cook with us this morning. Again, the number to connect, 800-555-7898. You can also go and connect with CelebrateKids.com. More information about what Kathy does and tons of resources there, including that book Don just mentioned there, talking about raising up our resilient kids. Again, 800-555-7898 to call or text. And we'll link you to Celebrate Kids when you start at our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. Teachable moments as we talk about those with Dr. Kathy Cook. And Dr. Kathy, I was just in India and with a group from Moody Radio, one in the group asked a a group of young ladies, hey, what have you done that you've accomplished in your life that you're most proud of? And they kind of all looked around at each other. And one of the leaders of those young women said, in our culture, it's very others centered. Like a young lady could tell you what so-and-so has done well and celebrate that. But it's really difficult to look at their own lives. And I, in those teachable moments, wonder what your thinking is when it comes to teaching our kids, hey, there's so much value in other people, like all other people. All other people, all races, cultures, genders, uh, ages, socioeconomic, uh, faith, spirituality, all that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I do think it's valuable for us to know our accomplishments that we can do that without being prideful. So it concerns me a little bit that they're kind of not allowed to know maybe how they've contributed to culture or how they've blessed someone. That That's a little bit sad for me because we were created to be a difference maker and we need to pay attention to how we do that. And yet I'm very much into this, let's celebrate others, right? And let's let's put others on display as it's appropriate. The thing, one of the things that I think of when you ask that question, my friend, is when you walk into a room, who are you? Are you a here I am person? Like, here I am. Notice me. I'm amazing. I've arrived. The party's going to be so much better now. You know, or are we a there you are person? 
So we walk in looking for someone else and we walk toward that person to say, hello, so glad you're here. Or walk up to someone and say, hey, my name is Kathy. I don't think we've met before. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So am I a here I am person or a there you are person? And we can help our kids know when it's right to live in that reality. So some of our kids are very much the introverted types, and and I'm raising multiple introverts. And so as I hear you say that, I'm thinking like, yeah, they are so not the here I am people. In fact, they struggle to even be the, hey, there you are people, because that Uh, would, you know, they would have to engage and come out of their shell at least a little bit to be able to, to do that. And so I also want them to be able to walk into a room and not want to have feel that I need to get out of here as fast as possible. I'm going to take that very Uh, first exit, right? We need, they need to learn how to be able to participate in that type of environment. So as we talk about teachable moments, how do you think we can teach our kids if they are naturally wired to be introverts, to be able to function in a world where they don't have to be an extrovert, but they at least need to learn the social skills and to be able to walk into that room and not be miserable the entire time. That's so good. And and I'm sad for people like that. That's got to be really terrifying because the world exists with other people, right? So you know what, Steve, part of that is self-respect. Do you respect yourself enough to know who you are and you um, thank God for who he's created you to be and you see value in who you are so that you are willing to be known by others? That's the first thing I think of. Second thing I think of is that we are better when we know people, right? Iron sharpens iron. We are better when we are aware of other people's joys and gifts and talents and and to have the compassion to walk with them when they're in a moment of sadness. And we can't exhibit those giftings. So some some introverted people have a gift of mercy, and that's what's going to draw them out. Some introverted people have a gift of teaching, and that's what's going to draw them out. So I think helping kids know the entirety of who they are is really, really important. Also, for those who are listening who are familiar with the eight smarts that I teach, when we're being people smart, we're really good at being with other people. So if I were raising introverted, doesn't mean that we're not good for, with people. It means we get our energy when we're alone. We might believe the lie that we don't like people. That's not true. And we can raise up these kids to be people-centered, people-smart, which means we think with other people. And we're good at reading body language, good at responding appropriately, good at engaging with people. So that's Steve, if I were raising introverts, I would increase their people's smart skills and I would check their character and make sure that they're not being prideful in their ability to be alone. That would not be healthy. You bring up a really good point, Dr. Kathy, and that is an introvert does get recharged when they have their alone time. But it's not necessarily true about them that they hate people, but that we've blended those two definitions in culture. And that's a travesty. It is. Thanks for saying that. There's many young adults I meet, many teenagers I meet who are angry when they find out that they've been lied to. Oh, you're so introverted. You're not good with people. That is not true. If you're introverted by personality design, God's wiring of your mind and heart, then you uh, you get recharged alone. I'm an introvert. People are shocked at that. I teach in an extroverted manner. I enjoy people and people smart been called by God to minister hope and healing, just like the two of you. So I have that extroverted appeal, right? But I'm introverted. And that means I have to spend time alone. I am not afraid to go to a hotel room alone the night after I've spoken. I think a lot, well, I do a lot of thinking while I'm driving alone, um, but we can be really, really good with people. And extroverted people, John, get their energy from people. They're not necessarily good with people. <laughs> they get their energy from people. So that's a lot. You know, a lot of extroverted people are, obviously. But extroverted people get their energy from people. Introverted people get their energy when they're alone. 
So you might be raising a kid who is a loner. She does need her time alone or she will really struggle and the stress will build. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Such good insight as we talk about these teachable moments that we have with our kids. 800-555-7898 to join the conversation with Dr. Kathy Cook of Celebrate Kids, CelebrateKids.com. And it's all connected through our Facebook page. Easy to find when you go to Don and Steve in the morning on Facebook. Dr. Kathy Cook with us as we talk about teachable moments, how we can uh, really train up our kids. And if you got a question or comment, 800-555-7898. All right, Kathy, ready for the questions from listeners? I am. All right. Well, Kay is texting in this morning and asking, how can I assist my child who enjoys learning and reading but gets very overwhelmed when he doesn't get something correct and seems to become defeated? He's now working with a specialist at school to get more enrichment during class so he can receive those challenges outside of the classroom and keep his attention. But uh, I would imagine a lot of parents can relate to that. You know, our kids kind of enjoy learning when that that concept is finally grasped. But, man, if they're not getting it quickly, they can get really frustrated really fast. Yeah, praise God. I, this is a little boy. Did you say it's a boy? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, praise God he loves learning. If he didn't love learning... And exploring and having that aha, I got it moment, this would really be hard. So that's a real gift. And that's on the parents having done a good job presenting that learning is valuable. You know, sometimes kids can become more resilient when they even do things like build Lego towers. So, you know, because what he needs is I am not stupid. I can learn this. Um, learning isn't always fun. Diligence and perseverance is necessary. And sometimes we we teach those qualities with board games and with jigsaw puzzles and with Lego towers and with you know, if people are listening where it's snowy, you know, building a snowman and having to be a good snowman, if you will. So, um, yeah, and we need to model, right, Steve and Don? We need to model for our kids that we don't catch everything easily and instantly, that we work at it, show them that we are able to persevere, that we don't get quickly frustrated and give up. Really proud of these parents for engaging with a specialist that's really wise. And they need to have hope that this child will overcome the fear maybe of the need to persevere. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, there, there's a resiliency need in all of us. Is it there back to the whole adults and kids? And you said modeling that, Dr. Kathy, and how true that is. And Kay, as I think about that, Dr. Kathy, uh, tell me what you think, that when our kids don't get it right right away, we think about some of the greats that we would consider, like in sports or in a skill yes. set. And maybe if there's a documentary or something that is age appropriate, that we show them that oftentimes we do have to try and try and try again. I, I love that. Athletes are great. Like if you like I live where the um, we won the World Series here. I live in Texas, so the Texas Rangers. And I'm a fan of baseball, I used to play softball. And if you have a batting average of 300, that's considered excellent. And that means they only make it to first base three out of 10 times. You know, if we were were to look at statistics of, you know, quarterbacks and receivers and, you know, everybody who made the Super Bowl, like they don't have a thousand percent, you know, on in that column. And so, uh, so that, and, uh, Bible heroes are all other great examples of persevering. Jesus himself is the best example we have of resiliency and persevering. He carried the cross all the way to the finish line. And another people group that can be really fun would be inventors. You know, Edison, Einstein, they tried thousands of things before they got something to work. Musicians, you know, Bach didn't write a great symphony in five minutes. It took a little bit of effort. So if your kids enjoy music or athletics, um, science, history, you know, the explorers, they worked very, very hard 
to cross America and discover the the wild wild west. And so those are good. That's a good point, John. We can use heroes and teach our kids. Look, you're being like Benjamin Franklin. You're being like you know Albert Einstein. I'm so proud of you. So I'm I'm thinking about wanting to teach our kids resiliency. And at the same time, sometimes our kids are trying all sorts of different things, learning what they're good at, what they're not good at. If we see them gifted in a certain area and they bump, bump up against something hard, we, we want them to push through that and become resilient. Other times, you may look at them and be like, yeah, you're not really wired to do that kind of thing. <laughs> when we need to yeah. deliver that hard truth to our kids, like, yeah, maybe I, I, you're, you're this little thing and you're probably never going to be the center on a basketball team. <laughs> How do we deliver yeah. the, some of those harder truths to our kids? Oh, it's such, oh my goodness, Steve, that's such a good question. That comes from your heart as a dad. And I know that, um, yeah, we got to tell the truth, you know? So, um, we, if, if we believe that they can improve, we make sure that we get them the best coach if, if that's possible. And we, we go out to the soccer field with them or in the backyard on a Saturday morning, we dribble the ball back and forth. Absolutely. We do all that we can, but if they have a goal that is not um, realistic, we have to tell them that, you know, Benjamin, don't lie to yourself. That's not respectful. You know, I tell, I'm six one and I tell the joke that I could not have been a jockey on a horse, you know, right. uh, it's just not happening. I could, I could have prayed every night, you know, father God, make me short. It's not going to happen. And if I'm not, you know, welcomed into being tall world, I'm angry every day. I'm angry at my parents for not telling me I'm going to be tall. I'm angry that, you know, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, it's not a realistic prayer. So we need to teach our kids. I think it's a great insight. Do you know who you are and why you are the who you are? And will you be satisfied in that? So like one season of soccer, one season of dance, one season of gymnastics, one year of piano, every kid can benefit from being exposed to a lot. That's how we find out where their gifts are. But we don't make them go on if we realize that it's just not good for them. Or you can if they really, really don't like it. And the piano teacher would affirm you know, this really isn't something that they seem to be growing in, then we back off. Even if we're music smart and we love music, we back off and we allow our kid to become who he was designed to be. That's so true. As I yep. think it through all my parenting years and how many times I had to face the mirror and say, okay, this is not you. This is that child. And to be able to operate in his or her strengths and not just the parental passions that we have for our children, looking at resilient kids, looking at those teachable moments. If you have a question for Dr. Kathy Cook, that would be a great time to get it in. 800-555-7898. You can text or call 800-555-7898 as our conversation continues with Dr. Kathy. You can connect with her too through our Facebook page, Dawn and Steve in the Morning. With Dr. Kathy Cook, Celebrate Kids, 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. Okay, we talked about if our kids, you know, teachable moments and our kids are not good at something or they're trying and they really like it, maybe it's just not going to be the thing that they excel at for the rest of their lives. But Kathy, what if they just out and out fail? How do we help them be uh, engaged in that teachable moment where it's okay? It's okay that you failed at this. Wow, that's hard. Um, the word failure is a really dangerous word for kids, Don. It feels fatal and final to them. It feels like I am bad. 
So I, the first thing I would say is I would caution all of us to say this, this was very difficult. Obviously, this is not your gifting. You know, if you're a, a family who believes in the Lord Jesus and the creative intent of God, you say, this is not what God made you for. It doesn't make you bad. doesn't mean that he was bad. This just isn't your thing. And it's okay that your brother's really good at it. You don't need to be good at it. Let's find something that you can excel at. The other thing that's on my mind, Don, and this before our, our break, they don't have to be great at everything to continue everything either. What if they really enjoy it? Like they can enjoy soccer and ride the bench if they like it because they like the fellowship and the coach doesn't mind that they're a part of the team. That's fine too. They don't have to get every playing minute. Um, but back, I, I hear your question about, you know, true failure. We hug them. We, we, we welcome them toward us. We take them out for ice cream. You know, we just say, Hey, it's okay. Um, and it is okay. Now, if it's math and they're in the fourth grade, no, it's not okay. Cause you got to keep going. And there's a lot more math yet to come. So then we obviously help them and we teach them and we correct them and we, we help them figure out how they can become successful. So it's a great issue to bring up. I'm, I'm sad for people who are listening who have had that real reality where a kid feels like this. I am so stupid and so bad. I just can't even do this. No, it's not true. You know, you can't do this, but you're not stupid or bad. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, as you said, can be a message that kids can pick up on way too quickly and potentially Mm -hmm. believe. And boy, how hard it is to unwind those tapes and how to, in a sense, reprogram that thinking. But like you said, some things are optional. Some things are not. That fourth grade math, you bomb Mm -hmm. the test and that kid just for whatever reason, math is not my thing. It's really hard, Dr. Kathy. And I know as much as I want to quit math, nobody's going to let me do it. So help us walk through that teachable moment with that kid who says, math is not my thing. I can't do it. And as a parent, you're saying, I'm sorry, you feel that way. You're going to have to do it. (laughs) Right. And and what does it look like, you think, to begin speaking truth into them? Yeah, if we homeschool our kids, we can take a break. That's one advantage of homeschooling. You can take a, a week or two off and and bring a piece back to the homeschool uh, situation. If your kids are going off to school, I would recommend you contact the teacher and say, what have you noticed? Is my kid paying full attention and making every attempt to learn this? Or do you feel like he's walked into the class and turned off his brain because he's scared that it's hard? So I think, you know, involving a teacher is good. And then if the kids are old enough, you have a conversation, you know, why, what, what do you think is going on? And some kids are going to be able to say, man, it's the details or uh, it's the vocabulary that the teacher talks so fast. And I don't remember what, you know, what the word means. Cause you guys, if you don't know what subtract means, you're in big trouble. If you don't know what, mm-hmm. you know, multiply requires, you're in big trouble, you know, uh, division, the kids who can't divide, it's almost always a subtraction and multiplication problem. It's not a division problem. So you improve division by rehearsing subtraction facts. I remember that as teaching a sec- teaching second graders. And so sometimes we as parents need to be in the room and watch them do their work. Are they diligent and persevering? Do they even know enough to ask for help? And then I would also say, Steve, that sometimes when things are hard, we, we, they benefit when we make real world applications. So let's go to a Home Depot type store and use a measuring tape and figure out how how long the piece of wood needs to be in order to slide under the sliding door and keep a burglar from coming into the house. How would we measure that? When should we cut it, et cetera? So making real world applications will sometimes help kids see that math can be both important and cool. 
I, I love that finding that real world way to connect the dots of mm-hmm. yeah it, it's really something you need to know and here is why dr kathy cook with us uh, she's got a ton of really really good resources celebratekids.com to find those to go directly there we can link you through our uh, facebook page when you're on facebook you're just looking for don and steve in the morning and kathy so appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning 